Hello, and a very good day to you. My name is Jim Harris, and this is Heritage Bible Radio. Heritage Bible Radio is an extension of Heritage Bible Church in Boise, where it's my joy to serve as the teaching pastor. Every day, we devote our radio time to studying a portion of the Word of God so you can know Him better through Jesus Christ and serve Him better through your local church. This week on Heritage Bible Radio, we continue with Matthew chapter 6, verses 19 through 24. In this portion of the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus discusses our proper relationship with money and personal possessions. I know we all struggle in various degrees with this issue. Remember, what you are committed to in your heart reveals what is important to you, even more than what you say. This section begins with some of the best-known words of Jesus. Please listen carefully to Pastor Jim's message entitled, Where is Your Heart? The Apostle Paul addressed both issues of that in the same chapter. It's 1 Timothy uh, chapter 10. Now bear in mind, Paul was writing to his protege, Timothy. Timothy was ministering as a pastor in Ephesus. Ephesus was a very wealthy city in the world at that time. It was a center of commerce. It was the, the headquarters for the temple for Diana. It was, a, it was a huge, thriving city. And Paul wrote to Timothy this for him to pass along to his people. He says in 1 Timothy 6, 9, and 10, But those who want to get rich... Now, give me a choice, rich or poor... I'm going to pray about that for a millisecond. I'll choose rich and take my hand at, uh, try my hand at stewardship. Okay? But he's talking about those who are motivated by becoming rich, want to get rich. Those who want to get rich fall into a temptation and a snare and many foolish and harmful desires which plunge men into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is a root of all sorts of evil. And some, by longing for it, have wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. You can go all the way back to the first of Jesus' kingdom parables about the sower and the four kinds of soil. Those that are snagged by the world fall away because that's incompatible with true faith. You skip down about seven verses 1 Timothy 6, 17 through 19. Now, he was ministering in a place where there were many wealthy people. Now, some of the parts of the, of the Bible and of the New Testament are written to very poor people, like take the book of James, likewise the, 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 the book of Peter, 1 Peter and 2 Peter. But if anybody was dealing with how to minister to rich people, it would have been Timothy. I thought of this when I, uh, uh, I, I once interviewed for... a the possibility of a pastorate in a, in a very wealthy church in a very wealthy area. And uh, part of the interview process, one of the guys said, um, would you be okay with, say, leading a lunchtime men's Bible study where you were the only one at the table that wasn't a multimillionaire? Timothy? Oh, Jim? Um, That's what Timothy was dealing with, people who had to deal with this. And listen to what he says. Does he say, riches are evil? No. 
Look what he says. He says, instruct, 1 Timothy 6, 17, instruct those who are rich in this present world. Notice, they're rich, but it doesn't say that they're treasuring up treasures in this world. Instruct those who are rich in this world not to be conceited or to fix their hope on the uncertainty of riches, but on God who richly supplies us with all things to enjoy. Instruct them to do good, to be rich in good works, to be generous and ready, ready to share, storing up for themselves the treasure of a good foundation for the future so that they may take hold of that which is life indeed. You think Paul had read the Sermon on the Mount? You think he'd ever heard what Jesus said? That's exactly the same thing. What do you put the most value upon? To treasure up treasures in heaven is to be devoted to the blessings of eternity to the extent that it affects how you live with whatever you have here on earth. To treasure up treasures on earth is to be preoccupied with this world to the point that it keeps you from stretching, risking, expending yourself or your possessions for the glory of God. I was privileged, oh my goodness, a long time ago, 40, 41 plus years ago, I got to visit India. Talk about poverty for most of the people. And uh, we were introduced to the Christians there, which was a teeny, teeny, tiny fraction of 1% of the, the people. And um, the group took about 25 pastors over there. And we were told the story and actually uh, shown the village and the house of the woman she didn't want to be made a spectacle of. But a woman um, who was one of the untouchables, you know, the caste system, there's four castes, and then there's the ones that don't even have a caste, the untouchables. Um, you don't go anywhere near those people if you're any of the other castes. And uh, she lived in a dirt poor existence with her husband and a, and a few kids. They had little, what little farming they could. And uh, in their village, typically every year during the rainy season, uh, everything would be reduced to mud and washed away. And then as it began drying, you'd rebuild your house again out of the, uh, out of the mud. And she came to know the Lord. Somehow the Lord brought the gospel and she heard it. And uh, she was in a Bible study then with uh, some women, her, her husband and Nobody else in her household had come to Christ yet. And she became convicted that she wasn't giving. She had nothing to give. But she came up with a plan. She uh, would take the rice that was the staple of their family every day. And she would take out, I don't know how much, I think a cup of rice becomes quite big, doesn't it? Take out a cup of rice or whatever it was and... And she would scoop off, I don't know, maybe a tablespoonful, and she'd put it in a, in a separate can and, and save it. Her family never knew that. Uh, nobody felt deprived by doing that. And then when she got that other can full, she would sell it so that she could give to the poor. 
And uh, the people that took us there exploited that story to its fullest extent to guilt manipulate the rich American pastors to go home and raise funds. And, uh, you know, so this was in the 1980s, and, and I was privileged to um, put together some events that raised about $30,000 for that organization, which sent Bibles and stuff over there to them. And they, and they, they were calling that principle, save without sacrifice. And, and they, were, they got downright personal with people, like, make your own coffee at home instead of paying Eleventeen dollars at at, uh, at at one of those places that you pay a whole lot of money for coffee. They just just save what you would have spent that way and and give that to provide a Bible for somebody in India. I mean, guilt manipulation ran absolutely deep that day. But you know what? The question is legitimate: Are you treasuring up the treasures on heaven? Are you treasuring up the treasures? At home, I mean, no, sorry, in, in your heavenly home where you belong. Now look at the illustrations. As if we hadn't gotten it already, Jesus gives us two word pictures to reinforce his point. He says, the eye is the lamp of the body. Now, it doesn't mean there's a light bulb inside your eye. It means that your eye is the channel through which light comes to you. The eye is the lamp of the body. So then if your eye is clear, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light that is in you is darkness, how great is that darkness? The eye of the lamp is the body. No matter how much light is around, if your eyes are clouded, you can't see. You'll never know that the light is there unless you're eye is working properly. It's translated here as clear. If your eye is clear, that's a, that's a fascinating word. Uh, the root idea of the word that's translated clear is simple or single or uncomplicated. In other contexts, that Greek word is translated sincerity, integrity, or uprightness. And so in this passage, the way Jesus is using it he uses the eye as a synonym for your perception, how you see things, how you think they are, what you think of things. It'll must, it must be simple in the sense of singular, in the sense of unmixed with selfish motivations. So you're treasuring up the right things that are of the greatest eternal value. And if you're seeing things properly, you can have joy in all that you have because you see the things that you have as blessings from God. And you can glorify Him. You can bring honor to Him. If your seeing is distorted, your earthly treasures get in your way. They bring temptation and a snare. And to use 1 Timothy 6, many evil things. The second illustration also points to that either-or nature of spiritual priorities. Um, you can either see things clearly or you can see things badly, and in that case, your body will be crippled. Same principle stated another way in verse 24. No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and wealth. 
If you would like this message on Compact Disc, let me know and we'll send it to you. You'll receive the entire message, not just the portion on today's program. You can order by phone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704 or on the internet at hbc-boise.org. Heritage Bible Radio needs your prayers and your financial support. Once again, you can reach us online at hbc-boise.org or by telephone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704. And if you need a church home here in the Treasure Valley, I hope you'll visit us any Sunday at 7071 West Emerald. For Heritage Bible Radio, I'm Jim Harris. See you next time. Bye-bye.